the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jim Stanley. It's my privilege to sit in today for Dr. Alex McFarland. You know, uh, with me in studio is Brother Bert Harper, uh, the host of the show. And Bert, thank you for letting me come and hang out with you. Thank you for, you know, pinch hitting uh, yesterday <laughs> and back with you today. And so uh, Alex off one day, me off another one. Let's see if we might do it again this week. You never I think know. so. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a day coming. There is it's, a day coming. It's funny. I feel like... Um, you know, if I I have been a football player many decades ago, but it's like putting on a different jersey. Now, I got to tell you, though, I can come a lot closer to filling in for Brother Bert Harper than I can for Dr. Alex McFarland. Listen, I appreciate that, Dr. Alex McFarland, and I'll say it. He's not here. Uh, a brilliant mind. He has He chases a lot of rabbits, but do you know why? Because there's so many rabbits up there for him to chase. Uh, he he knows things about everything that, uh, you know, I said, oh, you have. And if he's read it, yeah, it's up there. It's there. He, can, he retains yeah, it. Sure it does. Up, but it's a joy to work with him, and it's a joy to work with you, Jim. Well, today we're in the 14th chapter of Proverbs, or the 14th proverb. You know, uh, Proverbs and Psalms, they are the books that, can stand alone. Yeah. You know, you have the first Psalm, the second Psalm. Well, in this case, you have the first Proverbs, but Proverbs helps us out like Psalms because it is plural. And so we're in the 14th, 14th Proverb today uh, in the book of Proverbs. And it's one of those, you know, uh, I shared it with Alex the other day, but you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago, I guess, and we were talking about it almost sounded like you know, nowadays, uh, it would be one of those things that somebody would make a, you know, a voice recording and say, hey, I just said this, let's hold <laughs> on to it. Well, that's kind of what yeah. happens with Solomon, because some of the things here are like someone followed him around, and it's a condensed, you know, the, uh, remember the Reader's Digest I condensed did. version? Yes, I do. This is like the condensed thoughts of Solomon, yeah. and they're just, one is going one way, and then suddenly over here, but if you watch and you read them all together, it's amazing how much one relies on one before or the one yeah. to come. I agree with you. Uh, I've been sitting at my desk, and you call me the pastor at AFR, and people do drop by my desk, and we get to talk a little bit. And every once in a while, I'll say something, I'm going to write that <laughs> down. And uh, so uh, anyway, but chapter 14 of Proverbs, verse 1, what I did, uh, 35 verses my opinion, no hope of going through every one. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to use a word that I use for you. Relevant. <laughs> all of them are relevant. I was going to let you slide I, on no, that. No, I was not. Cause, and, and Jim caught me on my spit. Some are more prominent than others. There you and go. I think I got my word. And I've listed about uh, 12 or 13 that mm -hmm. I have as prominent. Verse 1 is one of those. Listen to this. I want those ladies who are driving home with their children in the backseat or you're listening at your uh, desk or whatever in your kitchen, but I also want men to listen. Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily talking about the building. It is talking about the home right? and wise decisions and uh, here, the Bible talks mostly about men, but it tells about the strange mm -hmm. woman. But here it's the wise woman and the foolish woman. But the word has, and you use an amplified, but it has the idea of builds up her house. Mm -hmm. In other words, they got the foundation, and she's building on that. Jim, uh, that verse is powerful. Well, she, you know, and it's not, like you said, it's not just a physical house. She's helping to build the economy of the house. You think of the 31 proverb, you know, the uh, proverb, the woman from 31, Proverbs 31. Um, it's similar to that as to her wisdom and what she's doing. Uh, one of the verses I have for, from Ruth 411 says, The elders and all the people who were at the gate said, 
We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is entering your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built the house of Israel. May you be powerful in Ephrath and famous in Bethlehem. So it's one of those things, like you said, the Bible does recognize women and and women who are very important. I think of Paul and how he mentions a couple of women. And so it's one of those things, but here it's the same type thing, who together built the house of Israel. That's high praise. That And listen, uh, someone that I, I dearly love, and his name is Alan Redpath. He's going to be of the Lord, but he left behind some awesome books. And by the way, if you ever come across a book written by Alan Redpath, purchase it. Mm-hmm. It will bless you. But he says there's no church any stronger than the homes that make it up. Right. Because the church is made up of homes. And uh, so that doesn't matter if it may be a widow woman or a widower or it mm-hmm. may be one with a lot of children or one with small. But we need to build their house. But the foolish pulls it down. Here's the contrast. And again, Proverbs has couplets. And you'll have this statement and then the opposite. The foolish pulls it down. So this is completely opposite. Wise and foolish build up, pull down. And and so, Jim, uh, avoid that. Uh, it talks about the foolish son. Here's the foolish woman. And so don't play the part of the fool. Uh, that's And here in this chapter, by the way, you have the main three characters are with those that are wise mm-hmm. or foolish, those that are scoffers, and those that are simpleton. And you you want to be on the on the wise part of it. Right. And and the other part of that I think that's important, Bert, is that the foolish one tears it down. But notice that it doesn't stop there. There's not a period. It says with her Hand. on hands. So just as the wise woman can help establish the home and help build the home, a, a foolish woman can tear it down just as just as easily. That's right. So we give that as a plea and an encouragement to the ladies. Now, I'm going to go to verse 7, and you may want to go back one, but let me get okay. this in. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. You better watch who you run with. And and guess what? Fool, Foolish talk, foolish decisions will be revealed very quickly. You don't have to wait around long to find out where they're coming from, and it says, go from their presence. Don't hang with them. You know, oh, I'm just hanging. Mm-hmm. No, no, stay away. You will be caught in that web if not. I thought this was a great warning, Jim. Well, it is, and it's one of those things that you have to have, one has to have, Not I know you have, but one has to have the ability in themselves to be able to judge, is that foolish? Or is that sound? Yeah. And folks, let me tell you, I'm not talking about your conscience here. I'm talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life that gives you that um, clarification. You know, it, it's one of those things that you can pr- tell pretty easily if someone's selling you a car or someone's selling you a car. You mean they'll they'll make the promises that are impossible, right. you know? Uh, be on the alert for that. When I saw that, when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge, it will be, you want to hear what they're saying, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I just found this is so real and so good for young people because, you know, we want to, we want to hang with a gang, you know, regardless. We have something in common. Right. Well, just because you have commonality with someone does not mean that you need to spend all your time with them. I grew up trying to tell my sons there's a difference in what I would say friends and pals. Friends you want to keep in, you know, it may be a distant friendship. Mm-hmm. Pals are the things you do th- do things with you better watch what you do things what things you do with people and right. who you do it with because it will come to haunt you later on and sometimes it's like quicksand you know it starts off with something simple hey man let's go do this not too sure about that <laughs> That's right. but then once you've gone and done that they come back and say hey let's do this yeah and at just like you said it will it will come back to haunt you but 
it's like quicksand. You take that first step and then you begin to struggle against it, you know, or not struggle against it. And it's just hard to get out of. So, uh, if, if you in doubt, don't until you get clarification, I'll put it that way. Can I do one more verse here? Absolutely. Okay. You can open up the next segment. We'll do what you (laughs) verse 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it's ends is the way of death. I have that underlined. I Mm. had it underlined in every Bible that I have. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Uh, I'd say a secular worldview. Mm -hmm. It really leads to death. Religion and not a relationship with Christ leads to death. And really, one of the louder verses covers that, and we'll get to that. But there's a way that, man, we can reason things out Jim, thinking that it sounds good. No, it's not. So you want to do what? Come back to the Word of God. Not what you're feeling, Mm -hmm. but the Word of God. That's why you hide the Word of God in your heart that you might not sin against God. Amen. Um, You know, Bert, when, when you're talking about that, it's just like we were talking about a moment ago. The way seems right. But if you're going up, I mean, there are some really pretty roads. But if you ignore those one-way signs, you're going to get a ticket. And if you're in Oxford, Mississippi, it doesn't take but a minute for you to figure out you're going the wrong way on a one-way road. And you say that to a Mississippi state guy, right? Okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so, but it, it's one of those things that we really do. It goes back to... Uh, being able to determine in your spirit what's right and what's wrong. You really do. And if you lack wisdom, the book of James says it clearly. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God mm-hmm. who gives liberty. Now, how you do that, one of the things that God will answer is turn to my word. And let, while we've we got about a minute left, those of you that are listening and you're trying to make big decisions, uh, I'm not, no matter what age you are, looking at going to school, which school. I just read more and more uh, young students are choosing faith-based colleges because of the wokeness of the universities. Man. And so be wise in your choices. Look to God. Let him. He will direct you and know that his ways are the best ways, and they don't end in death, Jim. No, they end his in way, life. His way lends in life. You got three L's, life, light, and love. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's Anyone? who he is. That's right. It? So you, if you follow his way, you wind up with life. Stick around. Jim Stanley, Burt Harper, and the 14th chapter of the book of Proverbs is exploring the word continues. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Brett Kavanaugh, Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court is the highest court in our federal judiciary, overseeing cases involving constitutional law. Psalm 106.3 reminds us of the importance of justice. Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Justice Brett Kavanaugh in his work on the Supreme Court. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, Go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says our motive for seeking God sometimes grows out of a selfish idea about what we think will happen when we find Him. He'll tell us more today as we spend two minutes with Tony. I shared with you how in the early days when my children were small and I would go travel and speak somewhere, on my way back home at the airport, I would inevitably go by the gift shop and pick up a toy of some kind. Maybe it was uh, jacks or a puzzle, and I would bring it home. When I would walk in the door, the children would say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy's home, and they would grab me and hug on me, and I would hug on them. And then, of course, I'd open my briefcase or suitcase, and I would give them whatever I picked up at the airport store. 
But as time went on, they wanted to know when I was leaving again. Because after a period of time, they got so used to my goodness that they could skip me as long as they could get a blessing from me. So I became, in my mind, less appreciated as a person and more appreciated purely for what I could do for them. What happened with my kids often happens with God's kids. They get so used to his goodness, so used to his favor, that they don't mind him not being there as long as he brings some gifts behind. And people want God for what they can get from him. They don't just want him because of who he is and what he has already done. Discover what it means to have a real relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Visit TonyEvans.org and click on the Jesus link. There's a quick video that explains everything and some free follow-up resources. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. American Family Radio. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. You got pain. He's a pain taker. Good afternoon and welcome back to Exploring the Word. I wanted that song to play to that part. You got pain. He's a pain taker. Amen. And there are people all around the world who are hurting. You know, we think of California and the mudslides. Uh, we think of some of the storms that have moved across the ice storms and then tornadic storms that have moved across the country as well. Uh, but Right now, uh, Bert, in Turkey and Syria, there are levels of destruction that we don't comprehend. And, and I say that in all seriousness because the buildings they have have collapsed. And, you know, there are thousands of people digging through the rubble, but unfortunately they have found somewhere between five and 7,000 uh, folks that, that were recovered. They weren't rescued. They were recovered. Um, and so there's a lot of concerns there. You know, we think of first the death and destruction, the grieving families, the people who still can't find their loved ones, uh, be they have escaped and they can't catch up with them. Uh, but there's also the very real matter of some health issues that are going to come in to play as the, you know, as this continues. Sanitation to, issues. Exactly. Come in. So you, this was on your heart yeah. today. And uh, it w- would you pray with I us will. about that? If if you know where it is, it's in the lower part of Turkey, the southern part, not the central. But be is it would be if on your map, it's kind of the southern uh, and the eastern part. And if you remember, that is where Paul did his missionary mm-hmm. work in Syria, going up through those ways, and a lot of work was being done. And so we want to pray for the uh, seven thousand plus. Uh, is the last count. I checked it right before I came mm-hmm. in, and they said 7,000 plus. So we want to pray for them. And, the, and one of the other things, you know, there were a lot of refugees in that area oh, who yes. were trying to get into Turkey. Oh, and so that, yeah. you know, that just that made it that much harder. Yeah. Uh, my son, Nathan, worked with refugees, and many of them had come through Syria and Turkey mm-hmm. to the area where he worked in, and I got to meet some of them and talk to them. And uh, there are people who were, I mean, so many of them were Christians. Some of them were not. But uh, so I got a feeling there's a lot of believers in this. Yeah. Group. Amen. Father, I thank you that we can call upon you. And uh, Jim, not only the 7,000 plus Turkey and Syria that our, our hearts just hurt, but Father, the snowstorm, the winter storm, the winter blast that came through left a lot of destruction in its path as well. The mudslides and Father, we, we know we're living in difficult days, and 
uh, it's always been difficult. No, don't we need to not think that it ever went without any. But because of, of the technology of communication, we know about them immediately. And there seems to be more as it grows and grows as the world uh, continues. And uh, we're not surprised by this because your word says that as we approach the time of your return, there's going to be difficulties and uh, so many of them. And we're seeing those. But, Father, I pray that you minister to those families. I pray for those ministries, and there will be. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to name them, but there'll be godly ministries that come in to at least Turkey. Syria is on that edge where uh, they're, you know, they've been quiet and they've been harmful in the area of destruction concerning, uh, you know, the th- cruelty that they would mete out. And so, Father, I pray that this would open them up to Christian ministries that would be willing to come in if they can share their faith, that others would see the hope that's in Christ. So, Father, out of this chaos, out of this difficulty, I pray that you would work it for good because you say in your word in Romans 8:28 that God can take all things and work good from them. Mm. And I pray you would do so in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, it, it's, that's one of the things that it's difficult to tr- um, jump right back in, you know, to the Bible study that now. Is. Um, because when you've looked at that, when you see that, and, you know, folks in Mississippi, they understand what tornadoes can do and how they can just rip the homes from their foundations. But this is one of those instances that, uh, you know, I, I don't know of a, I guess, San Francisco, uh, gosh, probably 20 years ago or more, yeah. where they had the earthquake there that shattered the highways and during the World Series, mm-hmm. yeah. And then there was the great earthquake before that. I forgot exactly when. I, I looked at that, but I didn't put the date down. And uh, But it has been, and it is severe. I've only felt the tremor of one yeah. here in, in northeast Mississippi. And just feeling the tremor brought me uneasiness that, man, right. can you imagine? And well, so uh, it is difficult to imagine. Is. And and one of the things that when it happens in America, there's other cities that help put them back together. Where they're at, some of them don't have those resources, and because of how large of an area that yeah. the earthquake impacted. Oh, yeah. It is. All right. Uh, back to Scripture in uh, the 14th chapter of Proverbs. I'm Jim Stanley with Bert Harper. We're on Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio. And we're at, I'm going to start off in verse 14, Bert, um, here, and I'm going to read from the Amplified. And then we're going to go back and read from the King James. I think you have New King James. But it says, The backslider in heart from God and from fearing God shall be filled with the fruit of his own ways. And a good man shall be satisfied with the fruit of his ways, with the holy thoughts and actions which his heart prompts and is in which he delights. Now, you know, we've talked about the Amplified before. If you're looking to do a morning Bible study and you've allotted 30 minutes for that, Amplified's probably not the one you want to use. <laughs> well, it takes away what this word means. That's it takes right. away your sermon. Yeah. You know, when I use the King James Version only and I'd preach, I'd have to uh, about five minutes explaining what each word, some right. of the, not, I shouldn't say each, some of the words meant. Mm-hmm. New King James has some, but the Amplified gives you the alternative. Now, which one is it? But that is right on. I look, Guess what I did? What? I read from the Amplified before I came in here. God so bless I, you. I did. So I thought, Jim, this is Jim. But I, the word is his own ways. You're going to get what you sow. That's right. It, it, you know it's what the I mean? whole sowing and reaping process. That is the whole thing. When I read that verse, I said, it's as a man sows, so shall he reap. Amen. And that's what it boils down to. But the, the thing I like um, there in in the end of verse fourteen in the amplified, it ta- it's talking about the the good man. It's in which he delights. So he's not shying away from the Lord. He finds his delight in the Lord. Go ahead, brother. The Bible talks about it in Psalm. It says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart." Amen. Now, what happens if you delight in the Lord? Guess what happened to your desires? 
They'll line up with God's They'll desires. They'll line up with God's desires. That's exactly right. That's one of my life verse. That is my life verse in the Old Testament. My New Testament uh, life verse is in Philippians 1, 6 and one twenty. But being confident of this very thing, that he who started this work in me, I'm, I'm paraphrasing right. a bit, and putting it on a personal level will complete it in me. That's right. And so I, I am confident of that. So go God's way. Amen. That's the whole idea. Verse 15, you wanted to read it too, right? Well, it, only because it goes back to one of the things you talked about earlier. You know, um, there are some that are less smart, less wise. And 15 cautions about that. Uh, it says the simpleton, and I'm still in the Amplified. And let me stop you and you read it. That is the word. When you see the simple in other versions, mm-hmm. the simpleton. In other words, he's not thinking through. He he just is surface right. all the way, never looking past the right now or what tomorrow may bring. Mm-hmm. Just remember that. Go ahead. The simpleton believes every word he hears, but the prudent man looks and considers well where he is going. You know, um, I quote Paul a lot. And like you, I you know I, I generally have the Jim Stanley paraphrased edition, <laughs> and so um, you know it talks about being turned by every fair wind or every um, you know turning every which way because we're unfortunately we always want to take the easy way, you know we don't ever want to take the hard way, but sometimes following the path of God takes us the hard way. However, it goes back to what you said a minute ago: He shall finish or complete that work that he started. And so I, I think this is one that's important because we don't want to be simpletons. We want to we want to have that, um, again, going back to the presence of the Holy Spirit, we want to be able to weigh and balance what those words are. The path of least resistance mm-hmm. is usually not a good path. That's right. And uh, it is just that way. It's hard to do. And so, so Jim... What a verse. Now, I want to read verse 17 and verse 29 together, and then I'll go back to one. Verse 17 says, He who is quick-tempered acts foolishly, and a man of wicked intentions is hated. Now, listen, if you would, at verse 29. He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Quick, you know, quick-tempered, quick decisions, uh, those things, impulsiveness, uh, some of us have, to, let me just be honest, some of us have to be uh, warned about being impulsive. Bert mm. Harper, uh, from the time I was in grade school all the way, that's something that, okay, quick, uh, to say, oh, I'll do this. No, uh, observe things. Uh, the Bible talks about in, in the book of Proverbs about you know, getting advisors, mm-hmm. trust them. Don't be too quick to pull your thoughts and don't be too quick to express them either. Right. Now, when they're right, don't be fearful of not expressing that which is right. But at the same time, if it's uh, open your mouth and you'll reveal what's there. That's right. <laughs> so a uh, closed mouth might be a, a, a thing of beauty sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But notice it is that of quick temperedness and impulsiveness. The book of Proverbs really warns against those. Sure does. Ephesians 4.26, going back to my man Paul. um, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. But the be ye angry and sin not. Anger isn't a sin. However, if you have that quick temper, if you respond quickly out of anger without taking a moment, so that's, it goes back, you know, you find the wisdom there in Proverbs and you find the uh, how to act on it, if you will, from Paul. Be ye angry and sin not. Now, that doesn't mean to simmer and get bitter about it. It simply means to think it through. Yeah. Find a way that is not sinful to respond to it. Anytime you're out of control, uh, you're going to make a bad. And I don't mean you controlling everything, but letting your anger get out of control, mm-hmm. letting your fear get out of control. Will fear ever go away? No, fear will always be there, but it has the faith to trust God to go through your fears. Amen. And so you've got to learn to deal with anger. You've got to learn to deal with fear. And uh, those things, through the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God, 
he he can help us avoid impulsiveness mm-hmm. and he can help us to avoid fear he can also help us to avoid people pleasing and saying okay i know this is the path of least resistance and more people would like me if i'd say this that's right but thus saith the lord thus says the lord and i need to follow him and and sometimes i need to let it be heard Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I'm Jim Stanley. The other voice you heard is Brother Bert Harper. And also, you can see us if you want to. We are streaming today, and it's streaming.afa.net. We're also on Facebook as well. So streaming.afa.net. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook uh, by searching for Exploring the Word. Isn't that amazing? It is. Uh, I've I avoided uh, I keep live trying streaming to, for as long as I could, but they said, Bert, you got to do it. I keep uh, trying to roll out a camera range. <laughs> so, well, uh, the reason I avoided it, people say you're not uh, you're not exactly what I thought you'd look like, and they stop it there. They don't say better or worse <laughs> or what, and so I wanted to keep them guessing. Hey, Go listen, ahead, brother. Verse twenty three is powerful. All right, okay. In all labor, there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Uh, that sounds like Ben Franklin. I think Ben Franklin may have read some of the Proverbs. Uh, absolutely. I really do, because he did have some you know, wise sayings. And so here, in all labor, there's profit. Now, again, you may not get what you think it's worth, and you may not even get what it is worth. But it will profit you. Mm-hmm. It helps you. It will strengthen you. The profit does not always show up in the pocketbook. Right. Just let me share that with you. If you think that is always the case, that is not the case. But it is profitable. You know you're doing it. And the Bible says, speaking of Paul, right. don't be mean pleasers, but do it as unto the Lord. And so that's the profit that we're obeying him. But it says idle chatter. Uh, every word's going to be brought into judgment. That Of all the things that I've read, that, that one really does yeah. bring about because I enjoy humor right. and I enjoy getting a plug on one of you guys that I work with. And, <laughs> and uh, they're all laughing and smiling because they know I do love to do that. And I say, okay, Lord. Well, I it's only because we're so innocent. Yeah, I know. And uh, <laughs> But so be careful what you do say. Right. Uh, I, have you learned that you can pray for someone without knowing all the information? Yeah, you can. Absolutely. One last word, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. America, we need righteousness to prevail from the White House to the courthouse to our house. Amen. Righteousness needs to prevail. Hey, that number is 888 Jim and I would love to hear from you today. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Sandy Rios 24-7. It's not a morning show. It's an all-day show fueled by the wit and wisdom of Sandy Rios. If you have a smartphone, I think you should download the AFR app. Sandy Rios 24-7 is on the podcast page at AFR.net. I have, you know, so many listeners from the radio show who are now listening to the podcast. Sandy Rios 24-7. You live my prayers all the time. Sandy Rios 24-7 on the podcast page at AFR.net. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. 
What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may he give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Enterprise Institute conducted an empirical study to understand the decline of religious faith in America. They concluded the data seemed to show the main driver of secularization in the United States is government spending on education and control over the curricular content taught in schools. Why? Because children learn more at school than reading, writing, and arithmetic. They imbibe a whole set of implied assumptions about what's important in life. Faith in God becomes a sort of optional, weekend hobby akin to playing tennis or video games. And our tax dollars pay for it. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. The phone number is 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. And if you're not able to get on the air today with us, you can send your questions to word at AFR.net, and we'll try and answer those on a future program. Now, Brother Bert, before we go to the phones, we'll let them load up a little bit. So before we go to the phones, there were a couple of verses that you wanted to be sure we got in. Verse 32 uh, in Proverbs, let me just, I know wisdom personifies Jesus. I know that. But is he seen anywhere else in the Proverbs? Wherever so often you do. But verse 32 of uh, Proverbs uh, 14, I, I thought was clear. The wicked is banished in his wickedness. Mm. In other words, uh, you, you know, you've made that decision. Uh, wickedness, you follow through with the choices you make. But the latter part of verse 32, but the righteous has a refuge in his death. Mm -hmm. Listen, for the believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when I read that, I underlined it, put a point to it. And I said, there's the salvation right there in the book of Proverbs. Our righteousness is not our own. Now. That's right. Our righteousness is in Jesus Christ, but we're not saved so we can sin more. We're saved so that we will follow Christ. And what happens when we follow him it doesn't mean that we become sinless, but it usually means we sin less. That's right. And so we, we, our righteousness is in him, not our self-righteousness, but he gives us refuge. You know, you were talking about that refuge uh, being the, the refuge from death, being in Christ. Uh, we've been quoting Paul along with <laughs> Don't Solomon. Don't stop now, do That's we? right. Quoting Paul along with Solomon all day. So Second uh, Timothy 4.18 says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil work, and he will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I just got one thing to say. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good stuff. Well, yes. let's go to the phones, and we will take and talk to Rose calling from Kentucky. Rose, good afternoon. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi. I've got a question from the Old Testament. Um, uh, in the incident of the golden calf where Moses went up on the mountain and he came down and the golden calf was being worshipped, how come uh, Aaron, who was the high priest and seemed to have a lot of responsibility while uh, Moses was away, why is it that he got off, seems to be scot-free, while a lot of the Israelites were killed? Okay, let me share with you, uh, a lot of times when it looks like someone got off that free, uh, they did not. Aaron had to live up. He had to take ownership of it. But let me just say this about Miriam and those. Uh, Miriam seemed to be, if you read the story, the instigator behind it all. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me just share with you, uh, starting the issue and and following through with it is a very bad thing. You remember over in the book of Proverbs, 
Uh, it talks about some of the things that God hates, mm-hmm. and one of those is that stir up anger That's within right. people and carries it through. Miriam seemed to have that rose, and uh, I, I don't know. I trust God, and we're, we're limited in what we know mm-hmm. behind the scenes. A lot of times we don't know what I was going behind That's the right. scenes. Right. But uh, she, she se- if you read that through, she seems to be the instigator. And that, that was a very high price to pay. Sure was. All I right. hope that helps, Rose. Thanks, Rose. Have a great afternoon. We're going to talk to Jeff from Texas now. Jeff, good afternoon. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Good afternoon. I have a question about uh, just the age of Job and the age of Genesis and the time of Noah. I know that uh, I've heard that in the times of Noah, there wasn't any rain yet, and uh, God caused rain during the flood. I've read in Job where both Job and God talk about uh, rain in the Bible. So I was wondering if that means Job is newer or or not, and, and how old each of those sections of the Bible are. Okay, great question. I appreciate you catching that, Jeff. Let me say, Job is the oldest book that has been penned, mm-hmm. written down. Uh, most scholars agree with that, that Job is early on. And it was during the time of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. During, they're called the patriarchs. Job seems to have been written during that season. Now, Genesis was written much later, Uh, okay? Moses wrote Genesis. Jesus Mm -hmm. declares that it was the writings of Moses. So Moses wrote it, but he was writing it from the perspective of history. This is what God did, and it was accurate. Don't get me wrong, but it was accurate. So when he talks about it not raining on the earth uh, before the times of of the flood, Mm -hmm. it is true but so the age of Job is patriarchal, uh, 3,000 years maybe, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, jo- uh, um, Moses in Genesis, is it 1,500 years before the times of Christ, right there, 12 to 15 to 12, 15, 1,200 years. Mm-hmm. So Job seems to be the oldest book written, not the one that contains the oldest history. Right. I hope that helps, Jeff. All right, Jeff, thanks for your call this afternoon. We're going to talk to Mark now, calling from Texas. Mark, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, man. What part of Texas are you from, Mark? Uh, Well, it's a little town north of Houston called Willis. Oh, Willis. Willis, Texas. Wasn't Nolan Ryan from Willis, Texas? The great pitcher? Uh, You know, no, he was down by Alvin. Okay, Alvin. I knew it was a name of one. That's right. But, uh, okay, you can tell I was a Nolan Ryan fan. But go ahead, Mark. Thank you for calling today, man. Oh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Hey, I I needed to have a little help with the verse Luke 14, 26. A little understanding on that one. Okay, let me read it. Uh, And let me read verse 25 that leads into that. I'm just going to take a minute. When you're looking at a verse, Mm -hmm. the word is context. What that means, is it an old or new? And which part of the scriptures was it in in the old? Is it poetry? Is it history? Is it prophecy in the New Testament? Is it part of the Gospels, the book of Acts? Or is it Paul's writings? Know all those. And then zero in the chapters, at least the chapters before and after, and that'll help you. And a lot of times the Holy Spirit can give you more information than you believe he can when you do that. But verse uh, 25 and 26 of chapter 14 of Luke, and great multitudes went with him, that's Jesus, and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. The way that I was instructed and the way it's written is in comparison to. Mm-hmm. In other words, in comparison to my love and my commitment, <clears throat> dedication, surrender, use any of those words to Christ, uh, my uh, thoughts and my desire to to follow my mother and my father is, is compared to hate, hate. Right. And uh, so... Mark, that is my understanding that, and notice what it says in 27 and 28, and I think it bears that up. 
and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost. So you count the cost of, of leaving your father and mother. You remember uh, <clears throat> Peter and Andrew, James and John left their nets. Right. Possibly, guess who else? Not just what, but who they left. They were called the Sons of Zebedee. Mm -hmm. So their fishing company was probably called Zebedee and, and Sons. Sons. Right. Now, now I'm I'm just using that as an illustration. Right. So he they had to get out of the family business. <clears throat> they had to go into a different area, a different section, and following Christ. And that what does that do to the parenting? What does that do to it makes them oh, do you hate me that much that right. you would leave me? Right. So it's in comparison to it is, and, uh, you know, verse 27, I'm in the Amplified, says, whoever does not carry his own cross, expect, and here, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow after me, believing in me, conforming to my example and living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me, cannot be my disciple. So that, that goes back to what you were saying. It reiterates that whatever we do for Christ, should come first, exactly. Our family second, our job third, you know, etc. <laughs> and so uh, it, it really is about that relationship. If you don't know him, you can't serve him. Amen, Jim. And Preach you have to man. know what he expects. Matter of fact, in place of let me give you this. Here's what helped me, and Jenny and I. I share this sometimes in the conferences we do. In place of listing your, you know. Uh, your responsibilities vertically, mm -hmm. you list them horizontally, and you put God over every one of them. Right. God's even first when I'm home. God's at first when I'm work. God's at first even when you're fishing. God is first. He is over everything. You don't say, okay, I got my God part taken care of. Now I can work on my family. I can work on my job. No, God is over all. Amen. And that, that visual really helped me. Now I hope it helps everyone. Well, we, we got a call or two that may be coming in, but I wanted to get to this one that came in at Word. Okay. And I, I had to find out a little information. It's Is it anagrams? Is that the personality profile in the grams? Uh, is is what I understand, and I'm a, it's E N N I O G R A M, but anyway, uh, it's nine different uh, personality types that it gives. And what Pamela wanted to know was, as a Christian counselor or teacher, should I use these? Hmm. Well, let me just tell you this: I've used Gary Smalley's very me a lot. I have. His is easier to understand to me. A lion, an otter, a beaver, and golden, you know, retriever. Those are easy for me to understand. I see what a beaver Lassie's does. Lassie's not in there. Yeah, Lassie's not in there. But I, I did a conference, and I was talking about a golden golden retriever, and a man was hearing that. That's what his wife was. He came up Sunday morning after the Saturday conference and said, didn't know I was married to a dog. Oh, my and goodness. And I said, brother, you better reevaluate your words. That's right. But the Greeks came up with the personality types a long time ago. I'm just saying this real quickly. Melancholy, choleric, phlegmatic, sanguine. Everybody's heard of an extrovert and an introvert. Mm -hmm. Well, the nine personalities, uh, Pamela, if you're listening, I, I, I find nothing wrong with them if you keep it in the context that the Holy Spirit of God can take any personality and bring out strengths that help and help you to overcome the weaknesses. Now, what we do with our strengths, we like to parade them mm -hmm. around, and our weaknesses, we want to avoid them. God wants us to look at our weaknesses as much as anything so that he can come in. What Amen. is the word? That he fills us, he directs us, he empowers us. And uh, Paul talked about it. He is talking about in my weaknesses, Christ is made strong. Amen. And yeah. and so the personality profiles, I find them a. There's one a that I would one. caution against. Which one? The investigator. <laughs> yes. You don't yeah. want to move from investigation to instigation. <laughs> Better be careful. That's with right. Of them. And you don't want to become the gossiper. Because of what you've investigated. So sometimes. Preach it, Jim. So, that's right. Sometimes. It, so that. You know, but again, it goes back to what we talked about in scriptural context. Uh, just because you know something doesn't mean you need to share something. Amen. Sometimes Preach. it goes back to what you said about prayer. You don't know, have to know why. 
You just need to know you do. Tim LaHaye wrote the book, The Spirit-Filled Temperament. Right. No matter what personality, temperament you might have, guess what you need? You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that he can use you for his glory. Amen. That's after salvation, by the way. Right. Amen. Salvation comes before. It does. That's right. Jerry from Mississippi, welcome to Exploring the Word. Yes, sir. I thank you for taking my call. Uh, I I have a question about uh, that. It said forgiving of debt, and it it said after seven years you release. And I'm my question is: Do you think that the United States would be in a lot uh, better position to to walk by faith and do what God said do in that area and and watch God bless us. Jerry, thank faith. you for your call. Amen, brother. Let me just tell you that anything we can do God's way. Now, let me say that forgiving debt and going on and acting the way we mm-hmm. were. No, Jerry, but doing that and obeying God the rest of the way. You remember the woman that was taken in the very act of adultery. Jesus did all wrote in the sand. We talked about what we don't know what it is. But uh, they had the stones, and they dropped their stones one by one, and Jesus looked around and says, Woman, where's thine accusers? Mm-hmm. And and he, he she said, There is none. And he said, Neither do I accuse you, but the rest of it, go and sin no more. That's right. So, Jerry, if we could do that, the forgiveness, and then <clears throat> do it God's way, uh, I, I would tell you that. I, I believe God would do a great work. All right, Jerry, thanks for the call. Hannah from Texas, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, Bert. Yes, I, I, I see I, what you uh, want to say. I read that, too, that anagram is from a demonic roots. This is, uh, it's kind of like Halloween and everything else. If you take it the way it was, it may be. But if the article that I read and investigated and I'm answering this question real quick, Hannah, because I wanted to make sure I got it in there because I expected this, that it can be taken and you can put some things in it. It's just like the Greeks when they gave those four phlegmatic, uh, choleric, uh, you know, sanguine and all of the melancholy. Uh, they were simple. They, they were worldly. Mm-hmm. They were uh, of men. But you can able, it helps you identify them. So my caution would be, I wouldn't get all entwined in it. I do think that others are a lot better than that. Yeah, that's no the doubt. one that I, I would not say. Hey, I want to use it. The word was, can you use it? Right. It can help identify some of the things of its strengths and weaknesses. But it goes back to what you said about it being rooted in Scripture. Yeah. Yep. And that's the same for any guy, any counsel that you're going to do. Make sure it's godly counsel and not just that of self. Hannah, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope I, I know I cut you off because I knew my answer would be I was ready for it. So thank you for calling me and helping me to explain more fully. Well, Jim, thank you for being with us today. My pleasure. And we're going to be back tomorrow. It's going to be Proverbs 15. Read ahead. The first verse will bless your heart and bless your life. We'll see you tomorrow on Exploring the Word. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.